At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to Balls and Holes with Jessica Bowser and Brian Pascarelli. All right. Hi. Hi. We're here. We have the most special guests here today. Yeah. We have CEO of Lab Golf, Sam Pond. I know you're Kobe. He, he's a white Kobe. I'm a, such a fanboy right now. I'm so excited to talk to them. We've been waiting. All week to, yeah. to do this. I, I get I get that all the time. People I constantly see. comparing me to Kobe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, you don't understand, Sam. Bryce has been talking about this for weeks. This is okay? so cool. Weeks. So, Jess, we, Sam and Lab Golf has created arguably the best putter in the world. I, I write arguably because someone's going to say something, but you and I own them. We use them and we love them. Yeah. Sam, Brian came home with your putter. Uh, he'd gotten himself one. Uh, I immediately jacked it. So, like, he went through the fitting and I took it. And then he got another one. Uh, so, he's been fit for his. I haven't been fit for mine. But as long as it's sitting flush on the ground, you're, uh, like, you don't need too much of a fitting. Which, which models did you guys get? So, I have two Directed Force 2.1s. I have two Mez 1s. Uh, one with an acro shaft and one with the true temper. Um, I I think I should preface this. I don't mean to interrupt, but you should know, Sam, that Brian has, I think, at this point, 39 putters. I, I, I suffered so, from a similar affliction. It's, I, I, I felt like you would. So, you know, <laughs> what I what I asked Jessica, I say I have so many putters because I'm such a gear freak. But if I had a million dollar putt, which putter would I use? And that should be my putter for life. And it would be nice. the best one. Yeah, it's it's pretty incredible. I took my Rossi out not too long ago to just be like, I'm just going to give it a shot. And it was, I, I came home, I immediately put it away, put the meds back in my bag. Like, it's the real I thing. I used to use a Rossi. I like Rossi's. There was a great look. I had the Rossi 2 for a long time. That was, you know, I had like a bazillion putters. But the, the two I always used to come back to was a Rossi 2. Um, and then from a torque perspective, the total other side of the spectrum was, uh, a rife abaco, which was like, um, like a heel shafted, um, kind of mid mallet type thing like Phil used to use. Um, and yeah, I still got them in my basement and I roll them around every once in a while and they feel awesome for like four putts. And then I'll hit one a little off speed and feel the thing flip over or open up on me. I'm like, yeah, this sucks. Yeah. It totally sucks. Gary and Wright, as you know, makes even roll now. I I have I'm a victim of that. I have an even roll too, but I always come back to lab golf and no torch. And why don't you tell us about lab golf and what it's all about? Um I guess in a in sort of a you know kind of compact way, um the inventor of lie angle balancing is a guy named Bill Pressey. Um, Bill lives in Reno um, and is just like uh, 
just a golf, you know, all around genius. Um, he's a phenomenal player. Um, uh, he was a master club builder by the time he was 23, I think something like that. Um, and, uh, worked in all aspects of the business and, um, like, like a lot of guys out there who can hit the ball pretty good, just struggled on the greens. And, um, he was just a, uh, you know, a tragic tinkerer, um, and came up with, uh, came up with line angle balancing <clears throat> and, um, you know, four and a half years later where I'm at is, um, you know, the quickest way to say it is, is, uh, they're, you know, like you said at the beginning of the show, they're arguably the best butters in golf. I mean, they're the best butters in golf. I mean, it's so funny. Um, you know, now that it's starting to catch on, um, you know, our customers were always this way, but now we're seeing it at the highest levels with, you know, uh, big time coaches and, um, um, and tour stars and such where they're finally starting to ask the question that I've been asking all along, which is like, why would you want a putter that twists? Like what could possibly be the advantage of having one that twists. We actually, we just put out like a little Instagram slide ad, um, uh, where it's like, you know, if you picture it, like if we were first, you know, like if, if all the putters since the 1800s, you know, stayed square by themselves like ours do. And then someday somebody comes out with like an answer style putter with some toe hang. And they're like, no, this is better. It's like, how could you possibly make that argument? And, um, so, uh, you're asking what we're about. We are about lie angle balancing and we are about exploring the depths of that technology. Um, it's honestly still in its infancy. I mean, the potential of, of the way that we balance these putters, um, is limitless. Um, so lately we've been having some fun with some different shapes, um, and, uh, we'll continue to do that, but also, you know, refining the fitting process and, um, you know, eventually one day getting to a point where we can actually like, you know, torque fit players and stuff. Um, so we are, we are all about making putting way, way easier, which it sounds like in your experience, um, it has made it a lot easier. It, it has. And so the lineup at lap golf is the B2, the director for 2.1 and the men's wine. In my opinion, I was talking to Jess about this. There's nothing more that you need to do at lab golf. That is the standard. It has, it could fit any player. And I don't even know what else you can make. And I'm sure you're a mad genius and you're going to figure something out. But at this point, the, the setup is so perfect and it's so modern and so beautiful. I mean, where else can you go with lab golf? I mean, the three, the three that are out are perfect. I mean, w when you start getting into different shapes, um, you know, we're out of the empirical realm and into the subjective realm. And um, so, you know, it, there's something different for everybody. Um, and I'd love to have something that sits everyone's eye that they lay down immediately and say, this is okay. This looks good. I'm excited to putt with this thing. The directed force, you know, like was a challenge in that regard. Um uh, I thought it looked like shit when I first saw it. I thought it was ridiculous looking. And, um, oh, wait, am I allowed to swear? Should I not oh, swear? Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. You can do anything okay, good. you want. Do it All right. Fucking A. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. It, but the performance of it, you know, made it look really good really quickly. There's a lot of people out there. Um, like, if the guy who showed it to me wasn't who he was, I never would have hit a putt with it. 
just plain and simple. I never would have, you know, I would have wiggled it around in my hand for a second and been like, cool, thanks. Um, and then, uh, but only because of the, the profound experience that I had with it, did I, you know, did my brain start to switch from thinking it was absurd looking to thinking it was beautiful. Um, but you know, the directive force is going to have a pretty, um, polarizing effect on a lot of people. That was the impetus for the mez. Um, you know, is to have something a little easier on the eyes. And we've got a, a handful of things cooking that um, uh, should only, you know, give that many more people um, options. Like at this point, like the interest is there. Like, you know, people have seen, the, they've seen the ads, they've seen the um, the revealer demonstration. And um, it's hard not to be at least mildly intrigued by a self-squaring putter. So the next step is just, you know, giving everybody a few different shapes to look at. And, you know, like the, I, I, the, the, um, if it's not in my hand, uh, like the Mez is an awesome looking putter. Yep. Um, but I don't use it. I still use the Director Force 2.1 most of the time. Um, and, uh, you know, so if, that, if I'm just one guy and, you know, that's my experience, there's, you know, the Mez is definitely taken off and doing its thing, but I'm sure that there's still plenty of people out there who want something different looking. Well, I think you bring, you bring up an interesting point. Like, it's about getting it in people's hands, right? Like, it's such a, right. both, the, both of them are such statement pieces. Like, every day we're out golfing with our friends or with new people that are like, what is that? Right. And then you put it in their hand and you take a couple shots and they're like, holy shit. Right. Like, but they don't know about it. Right. And, and so they're intrigued by how it looks. They think, I mean, like, the directed force, you love it. Mez, I'm in love with. The directed force for me, like, I love that the Mez matches the whole. It, you know, like everything to me looks math with the Mez. Directed force for me, it's too much. Like it's, it, it doesn't. It's massive. Yeah. It's massive, but he loves it. I, I get a lot of whoa when I bring out the directed force 2.1. But when I bring out the Mez, I get the, what is that? That looks like right. Tron. That looks like, so I'm getting a reaction no matter what. And any other putter that I have, no one cares. But anytime I bring out a lab golf, it's always some compliment or some intrigue, which I love. But when you're with the mess, do you also get a lot of, he just can't miss? So the, the, everyone, I, the way it's set up for me, they go, he can't miss with that. I get it every time when we play with someone new when I'm using the meds. So something's working. I mean, it's it's incredible. Like I, I've got a golf coach that I work with and she always asks me, just why are we not working on putting? And I'm like, I don't need to work on putting, right? Like, I want to work on everything <laughs> else that, that I got to do. And putting for me, like, you go up, you move it front to back. It goes where it, where it needs, where it's supposed to go. Like it's so. Plus simple. practicing putting is so boring. God, it's so boring, right? But like, <laughs> but as, as you know, somebody who isn't us, like he's been golfing for twenty years. I haven't. Uh, but the last six months, I've played eighty games, right? And like, so that's typically where your game falls God. apart, right? Like, is is on the putting, and and it doesn't. It's this is my dream putter. I come yeah, I mean, for, at least for me, ever since lab, barring very, very, very few exceptions, um, I, I've I haven't been able to blame the putter for around falling apart in a few years now. And like, you know, I have days where I don't putt good, but I never have days like I used to with old putters where, you know, I I, I wanted to quit. I just wanted to quit the game because I could not get the fucking ball in the hole from three seat. Yep. And um, I just don't have that anymore. Well, you either know, have, I either have fine days or I have exceptional days. Like they're, yeah, that's the really, scale now. There's not a bad day. 
43% of our shots are putts. Right. And of course, the lab golf is a little bit expensive, but I it is so worth it. And I know everyone talks about, you know, a driver's 549 and why don't you pay a lot more for your putter? And of course, that's the argument. And it's a good argument. The putter is in your hands the majority of your time. It's on every fold. So I... I, think- I, I have I, I understand those people that make that argument like because I mean it's like every single time we post an ad one of the first three comments is holy crap the one that I want is nine hundred dollars followed by exactly that you know seven other dudes saying you know well you spend this much on your driver every year like why not do it on a putter and the reason is is because just like you you have thirty nine putters in your basement I'm sure that you do not have thirty nine drivers in your basement and well, putting is fickle paper. you know. <laughs> What's that? I beg to differ. You should see our tiny room oh, right shit. now. <laughs> I got to <laughs> check out your guys' garage. Come over yeah. um, anytime. I wish it was a garage. Um, it's in every house already. Every room of our house is like just clean. <laughs> like, like you saw behind Brian right now, there's like 15 putters over here. Our dining room over here is just like, it's insane. I will see a picture before we hopped on. I love it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I get why people are hesitant to spend that much time, that much money on a putter because for the most part, except for the kind of the, the precious few who are able to use the same putter for decades, um, we switch a lot. Um, and so I get why people don't want to spend that kind of money on a putter. That said, this is different. This is not just a different putter um, like my Rossi and my Rife were. Um, this is unprecedented um and ridiculously useful technology and you know those are those are my favorite emails that we get we're like i was you know really hesitant to spend you know four seven nine hundred dollars on a putter and all of them are like i made my money back in six weeks right and i i uh special ordered a nice one with an acro white shaft that you guys uh co-sponsor or you guys are in collaboration and then i actually picked one off the shelf at pga superstore that was 69.5 with the true temper uh, stack shaft, which I heard that the KBS had some supply chain issues. So it was the tr- true temper. And of course, I called your customer service. They know me there. <laughs> you guys are so friendly to me. And they told me, trust me, the true temper is stiffer than all of the ones. And we actually are surprisingly happy with that shaft uh, versus the KBS. So that's the one I gained. One that I, I love that the shaft. shaft. I actually... I personally like it better than um, the KBS as well. Uh, KBS is a great shaft. Um, and yes, they did have major supply chain issues and continue to. Um, we had we got really, really lucky with shafts. Like, I don't know how many other equipment guys you guys have talked to, but like, it is a complete shit show out there um, and continues to be, particularly if you want it colored. Um, like our, I don't know, putter just looks funny with a silver shaft at this point. So we, you know, we're pretty committed to making them black. And um so there's a dude named David Kelly. Um, David lives in Tennessee. He's an um, awesome club builder. Um, and he was our chief operating officer. Um, I guess it would have been sort of end of 2018 through middle of 2020. Um, and his, he just wanted to kind of like send us off, you know, like just help us, you know, cause we were, that we were right in the middle of, you know, some major growth and most of us had no idea what we were doing. And he had some expertise in the area. Anyway, um, he saw the writing on the wall on this shaft crisis, um, 12 months before it was an actual issue for anyone. Um, and he just started buying up like every single lot of shafts that he could possibly buy. Um, he filled up an entire storage unit full of shafts, 
and like he's like he's like the 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 Bubba Gump shrimp boat, you know, like the hurricane hit and knocked everybody else out of business and he's got like he's just like a dude in a garage in tennessee and he's got like Strixon and cobra calling him you know to pick up 500 shafts because they got nothing so um he's the one that found us those tree tempers and we've got plenty of them and we send them to texas and get them coated and you know you know i, I get access to all the fancy stuff and we sell the the bgt the la golf um the acra um and honestly, like most of the putters that I have made for myself for testing and stuff like that, at this point, I use the true temper. Nice. Nice. And yeah. talking about the, the direction of lab golf. So is there a way mathematically to ever have the hosel not be a center shaft and have like be a traditional answer or something like that? I know this i prefer the center chef but like to hit a bigger market is there anyway i know that access does something similar it's not the same as lab golf but the 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 hosel is at the at the heel is there is that even possible mathematically so uh ish yeah um the we we you know access does it yeah like you said a very interesting way with the the hosel kind of out in front of the face um, uh, I don't think we would go about it that way. Um, we've experimented with moving it. Like we, we have a blade that we're working on, um, where it's going to get a little bit further away from dead center. Um, there's, uh, it, it, it's tough to explain, but there's some secret sauce that sets us aside from Axis, um, Adele, uh, some of the Odyssey backstrike stuff, which were, you know, toe up putters. Um, you know, which laying on a table kind of balance similar <laughs> to ours, but there's a reason that they don't perform as well as ours. Um, and that, uh, sort of, you know, um, voodoo, um, is much more challenging the further we, the further away we, we point the shaft from, from the center of mass. So, um, short answer is, yeah, we can get a little bit further away so that, um, you know, the shaft isn't necessarily impeding the top line or any of that. Um, but, uh, it's not really a focus of ours. Um, and to your point, yeah, I'm sure that we're missing out on some of the market, um, that just says, I'll never look at something like that. But at this point, most of our customers at some point were people that said they'd never play a center shaft to putter. And here they are. And so, um, my feeling is, is that if enough people start doing it and enough of their friends start doing it, they'll eventually look at one and see that even though it is a center shafted putter, it doesn't set up like a traditional center shafted putter. It doesn't set up like a Seymour. I mean, the blade kind of does, but the, um, but you know, most, I had troubles with center shafted putters in the past. I would set them up shut because the shaft would sort of come over, um, the heel side of the top line. Um, and it would just kind of obstruct the view, but with the onset that we have, that's not a thing. And in fact, it's almost kind of better than a heel shaft or putter. Cause you can see the entirety of the face heel to toe. You can see the whole thing. Um, and people aim our putters way better than, uh, consistently seem to aim our putters better than they aim other putters. That you nailed it. There's nothing more frustrating than getting a new putter and then having the, the, the site or the hosel ruin your sight line with the mez or the directed force it's wide open that's exactly how i want to see it like i used to have a starting camera in um del more because you could see the entire face because the hosel was so far back with so much toe hang but you're right 
And there's nothing more satisfying coming off the putting green with the lab golf and twirling the uh, shaft in your hand and having oh, yeah. no torque. I do that all the oh, time yeah, just to remind walk. The male, the male fidget spinner, or, or, or the, <laughs> the, the adult fidget spinner. It's um, it's it's awesome. It's uh, it's it's so funny to see too, like the because uh, everybody's got the same fidget. Everybody kind of does the little finger yep. roll thing there, or <laughs> you know, thing just starts going around and around and around. And um, uh, I remember I was watching, um, I think it was the Sony a few years ago, um. And uh, Jimmy Walker had started using the directed force, and he was like, he was like holding it in his fingers and like slapping the head, <laughs> like you know, slapping the toe of it to see how many times he could get it to spin around in his fingers. And then, um, yeah, you know, some of the guys on TV just watching him, you know, have the same fidget that everybody who owns one of our putters does. It's uh, it's pretty funny. It's tactile. It's amazing. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I mean, look, when you start getting into it, I, I remember when you were listening to you on, on Penny's podcast, it's like when you start hearing words like science, math, and neural pathways, and trauma response, and space rotation, and evidence, it was like I was immediately grabbed, right? Like you don't find many people who are into that side of things. And I found it so interesting when you were talking about, you know, for us as amateurs, it was no big deal to put this in our hands and be like, holy shit, this is the greatest thing we've ever done. And it was so interesting to hear you right. talk about what it's like to get a probe who has, you know, cut it for a certain way and overcorrected their torque for so many years. You put this in their hand and it's like a completely new situation where you have to strip back everything that they know and everything that they've been correcting. So it's, it's interesting because we were having this conversation of like, why? Why not everybody have one of these in their hands? And and when we heard you talk right. about that, it really made a lot of sense, right? And you, you train yourself, you train your brain, you train your hands, you train everything to peel all that shit away. And now you've got something in your hands that you don't you don't need to do that with. So it's a completely different experience for somebody who's done that for so long. Oh, totally. Um, and we're getting there. Like the the. Uh, on the pro level mindset is a lot of it. And so, um, you know, when nobody wants to be the first, you know, to use new technology. Um, and so, you know, we caught a couple good breaks with, uh, a handful of people, um, who used it and were into it. And then they start to trust. And, and it's interesting too, like who the characters are on tour, who guys will trust like really early on, um, our, our first like really good break was with, uh, Vaughn Taylor. Um, he was a super good dude. He was a rider cupper back in the early two thousands. Um, you know, I think you'd probably put him in the, in the journeyman category at this point. Um, and the, the better part of his career was entirely on putting. He was a phenomenal putter. He was a, a Seymour. Um, and I, I met him late one night in, uh, in Reno um, it was pretty much just him and he and I left on the green and, um, and he gave it a try and he rolled it and he was, you know, he's well liked on tour. 
um, and people trust him and trust his putting. And he was like staying with, um, who was he staying with? He was staying with like Bill Haas and I don't know, like three or four other dudes. And then that next day, all of a sudden there's like a crowd around my bag because Von Taylor was like, you know, it's worth, it's worth giving it a shot. Um, and so those guys, you know, came into it with an open mind and, and thus I got, I don't know, three minutes to give them the shtick rather than 15 seconds. Um, so, you know, that helps. Um, but yeah, in general, you know, like I said, on Hank's podcast, it's really hard. I mean, these guys are there. I mean, you, you could not believe how good they are. Like I'm a good putter. I mean, in, in my little world here, you know, I'm a scratch player. And, um, there's very few people like in my group of friends that I know, um, that I wouldn't take on in a putting contest. Um, and these guys are ridiculous. I mean, ridiculous. Like they are so unbelievable, particularly like the guys in the top 50 in the world and putting, like watching them on a practice green is no different than watching them on the range. They hit, you know, shot after shot, after shot, after shot, right at the flag. And then when they're on the putting, on the putting green, you know, they'll set up a circle of five footers. They make, you know, 30 in a row and then head to the, you know, to the, to the, I mean, they're, they're, they're amazing. And so to give them something that feels different for you and I is a good thing because different probably means better because most of us suck at putting mm -hmm. for them. Different is scary as shit. You know, okay. they just like, Whoa, like they did. And they, and they feel it the second they pull it back. The second the putter comes back, they're like, Holy crap, that's different. I have, you know, most of the time the reaction is something like, I have no idea where the putter is because they're used to that fight kind of telling them where they're at. Um, so it's, it's, uh, it's been a journey and the, and the guys that, um, have implemented it you know what we've noticed at this point um all of them at some point had some reasonably prolonged period of time um to dial it in um and were interested enough to give me a call a couple times in the meantime to communicate the things that they noticed whether it's you know coming up short from long range um or misses to the left is very common with uh, professionals just because they um, have so much release built into their strokes. And as soon as you don't need to release the putter anymore, um, uh, you know, they, they end up kind of manually flipping over the toe without realizing it. Um, and so, you know, as long as I get the opportunity to talk through it and they don't have it, you know, a high pressure event coming up the next, you know, week or something like that, that's where we're starting to see, um, some good, good luck out on tour. Well, uh, on tour, we have Adam Scott and Charles Schwartz, who are still using lab golf. Is that right? Yeah, a few more too. No. Um, yeah, uh, Charles Howell seems pretty excited right now about it. Um, Jason yeah. Duffner. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, Charles' thing was crazy, man. I mean, that whole that whole deal was just nuts. He, we, we've been working with Charles for like two years. Um, and I met him at Pebble and he was using, um, he had like a, like a, a rear-shafted... Um, PXG arm lock that he had been using and actually been pretty successful with it. And he, um, he grabbed one of our conventional directed forces and liked it. And we would get, you know, nice messages from him. Um, and, uh, but just never quite made it into play. Um, then I saw him again a few times and, you know, we sent him a few putters and we sent him a few more putters. We tweak him this way and tweak him that way, have a little bit of success, but there was always just kind of something not quite right. Um, and then we saw him at the Byron. And, um, I think he showed up with like four or five putters in his bag. None of them were ours. Um, and he was just testing and rolling and testing and rolling and testing and rolling. And, um, 
And then he kind of like, not so subtly, like putted his way over to our bag. I was like, eh, let me try that one. So, you know, he, he tried one he kind of liked, took it out for a practice round. It was okay. Oh. Uh, messing around with it after the round. And then sticking out of our bag was um, a backup putter that we had brought for Adam Scott, the broomstick. So Charles had never putted with a broomstick at any point ever in his entire life. Wow. Um, I, you know, gave him the 30-second shtick on how to use them because I actually love putting with a broomstick sometimes. Um, and, I mean, starts filling it up. And when I say filling it up, like, I, I cannot overstate it. Like, he's, got a, he's always had a beautiful stroke. Like, he's fundamentally a very, very good putter. They just don't go in. And, uh, yeah, man, I mean, he just, you know, first he just casually, like, putting a couple from 15 feet they go right in the middle and a couple from 30 feet and they end up right next to the hole and that was what his biggest struggle um had been was lag putting it had just been awful he'd just been leaving himself way too many six foot second putts um and uh and his speed you know surprisingly with a broomstick was the first thing that was like holy crap this is very very different so then you know we set up some drills on some hard breaking putts um just so we could see how they performed on sort of those weird you know the weirder putts Every one of them was going right in the middle. And like, and then he started smiling. I had never seen the dude smile. <laughs> and I'm not joking. Like, this is a very, very, very serious man. Um, and, uh, and yeah, he, uh, he starts smiling. And then he giggles too. He's like, dude, my fucking team's going to kill me if I come home with a broomstick right now. Because uh, he, was, he was by himself. <laughs> you know, they all thought that... It was crazy already. Um, and then just like while he's joking about that, he drops the ball from 80 feet and slaps it across the green and it goes in. And, uh, and that was that was the end of it. And so he grabbed that putter and then he, he it, put it in play that week. Talking about broomstick and being upright a little bit more, the rule is it cannot be 90 degrees uh, lying. So it has to be 80 at the most. I got fitted for 70, which is kind of standard. I'm getting the 69.5. But my question for you is, why doesn't everyone go as close to 80 as possible, like at, like at 80? And not on a broomstick, but just on a regular one to have a more pendulum stroke. I know that your technology allows you to have a comfortable sitting position and still have that same effect. But like, in my mind, I mean, I know like Bryson and other people try to be as upright as possible to make most pendulum. I mean, what, what's your thoughts on this 80 degrees or as close to 80? So I, I'm, I'm all for removing tension whenever possible. And so Bryson is a perfect example. Like when you look at the dude putt, like that does not look comfortable to me. Um, right. And I think that he, he's sort of using, um, you know, sort of, sort of throwing comfort and all of that to the side in order to just operate purely on science. And to your point, yeah, the more upright you go, the less depth to your arc there's going to be, um, you know, and therefore it should be more consistent, except if you can't repeat it because you're in such an uncomfortable, intense position. So um, it has a little bit to do with like where you hold the putter in your hand. But like if you're putting the, in your, you know, lead hand, if you're putting it up in the lifeline, you can, you can go a little bit more upright. You know, the, these guys who are upright and then, you know, put the left wrist into kind of this position here, you know, we've got guys that can get up to, you know, 76, 78, um, sometimes even full max 80. Um, but I don't particularly, I, I find that, I, I find that forcing the hand into this position creates tension. And I think tension, I want to avoid it at all costs. 
Um, and so, and then most people don't even like gripping it up in the lifeline. Most people actually prefer to grip it kind of in their fingers, like they do a seven iron. So you're gripping it like a seven iron, you know, you're going to create an angle here. Um, now that's based on the ergonomics of putting two hands on the putter and standing on the side of the ball, which honestly isn't the best way to putt. <laughs> I have to putt conventionally because I'm already the weird putter guy and I don't need to be, you know, standing face on one-handed putting guy also because then nobody will take me seriously. But um, it actually, you know, there's, there's a lot of alternative methods out there that, you know, if you put a competent putter, meaning somebody who reads greens well and has nice touch and all that stuff, like I have it in my head, they'd putt better. Um, if you put a group of scientists in a room and ask them that, you know, what's the best way, you know, no golfers or anything like that. What's the best way to, you know, roll a ball towards a target with accuracy and, and touch. None of them would have you standing on the side of the ball. Um, so, uh, so face on putting is pretty sweet and, you know, that lends itself to that really upright lie angle you're talking about. And I think broomstick putting is amazing. Like, um, I was just at a, at an event with a bunch of pros, um, and because of the success that Charles had, um, you know, instantly with that thing, all of a sudden I had guys who were not terrible putters interested in trying out a broomstick just to see what it's all about. And man, is it a really, really, really good way to putt. Very little depth to your arc, very square stroke. Um, all of the stigma around, you know, like a, it being a crutch, you know, for somebody who can't putt with a short putter, um, you'll struggle with speed. You'll struggle with nuanced putts. Like there, I, I have seen zero evidence to support that. Um, through, and that's through, you know, three years now working with Adam and, and a handful of other broomstickers. Like it's a really, I, I put broomstick probably a third of the time and I, you know, I only switch back and forth just cause I'm neurotic, but like if I was smart and committed, um, I would probably stick with a broomstick. Well, it, well, let's talk about your fitting process because in the, your fitting process is awesome. I went through it. I went in the door frame and putted for five seconds. And then you guys told me I'm 70 degrees, 35 inch and three degree loft or two degree loft. But it, you, uh, your advice is to get as comfortable as possible and then do this. Uh, you know, five second clip for you for the fitting. So, I mean, it's amazing that you guys can remote fit and let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, you know, like pre lab, like I'd gone through putter fittings. I did two different Adele fittings. I'd been a club champion and jumped on a Sam lab. God knows how many times and like done all this stuff. And like, you know, in a given moment, like it feels cool. And I feel like I've, you know, getting the attention that I need and that somebody's focused in on my, you know, on my stroke. And then like three days later, whatever I got fit for just doesn't work anymore, you know? And, um, and these, and these folks just need something to, to market. Most companies need something to market. Instructors need something to teach. Um, and so I think that the whole fitting thing just kind of got out of hand, really. Um, it's putting, man. It's not that fucking hard. It's like we're trying to roll a ball on a green, you know, most of the time from like five feet is really all that matters for the rest of us. You know, like we're not trying to make a whole bunch of 20 footers. It's great if we do, but that's, you know, that's not what makes us want to, you know, throw the putter in the river. It's missing those three to five footers and like take away all the pressure and all the stuff and all the whatever. It's just not that hard. Um, but we make it so hard with technique and fittings and 
rules and fundamentals and all this stuff. And then we've sort of realized that all of that stuff is A, because people need something to market and B, because there's a task, uh, the, the task of keeping a face square, you know, sort of requires efforts beyond just reacting to the target naturally. Well, with our putter, you kind of get to just react to the, to the thing naturally and therefore stand how you want. And it's like all the other, all the other sports. Like we've all got a friend who plays darts who like stands in some fucked up way, you know, like <laughs> his legs like spread really far apart or, um, or a pool player that's got some kind of weird jabby stroke, but that's their, that's their thing. You know, that's their, their way of feeling it and their way of doing it. Um, and the tool, you know, isn't, uh, um, forcing them out of doing what they want to do. And so, um, our fitting process just encourages that. And we, and we can tell too, it's funny, like, you know, like we get fittings where it's like, okay, this dude is like 100% trying to make like the perfect fundamental Tiger Woods putting stroke right now. And he's so uncomfortable. Like I can see like his quads stressed out and his back is angry and his fingers are, have white knuckles on it. And then we, you know, and those guys would call up and be like, dude, just relax. Stop it. Like if there's, if there's no rules, how do you want to putt? How do you actually want to putt? And then, yeah, you know, we get watching. back a very, very different video. Well, it is. It's like the putting gimmick, right? Like, right? I went back then it quintet, right? I would do that. I did a quintet fitting. And it's exactly what you said. It was like he came home and he was just fucking jazzed. He was like, it was the greatest thing ever. And, you know, on and on and on and on. And three days later, he's like, what the fuck? And they bit my putter and I am pissed. And he goes, going <laughs> with the guy. And like. It was a mess. It was it was a tournament. Like it still haunts him. Still I, haunts me. I paid yeah. seventy five bucks to do a quintet fitting. Um, it sucked. He all, he he looked at me. And goes, oh, you don't don't even try a face balance. You know, you're a token guy. Which I knew that, but at least let's put it on the quintet and measure it. Um, ironically right. enough, I had a center shafted pink tine C, and that was the most the the less uh, movement or torque on it. And so a center shaft actually worked out the best. But what he did is he took my putter. Was it a Chohang? Was it a Chohang center shaft or a yes. center shaft? It, it was Chohang. A little bit of Chohang on the, okay. yeah, the yeah. pain tine C. But he took my yeah, putter. Yeah. He took my, uh, my, I had an Odyssey Toulon. I, I, I brought an Everall. I, I had so many. This was before I got into lab. And um, he went to the back room and then bent my lie angle and bent my loft without telling me. So now it's not factory. And then he goes, well, try this. I was so pissed, Sam. I mean, it was the worst experience. <laughs> I bought of like him just staring at it, like laying in bed, like twisting it around and being like, fuck. So I had to return <laughs> all of them that were now non-factory because I'm so retentive about that stuff. You know what? Talking about that. So, you know, I, I got fitted with lab and I had a 70 degree lie angle and then um, 35 inch. And then the weighting on the bottom of your mez is really cool. So it has a whole bunch. And then when I bought one off the shelf at PGA Superstore, that was 69.5. Everything else is the same except 0.5 lie angle. And all the weights were completely different. I mean, that was just oh, yeah. 0.5. Yeah. And you can get... Um you can get the, if we, if we made you 10 putters with the exact same spec, all 10 are going to have a different arrangement. Um, they're, they all just come out different. The, from, I mean, the tiniest little things, uh, make a difference. If there's a bubble in the grip, 
um, and the EVA foam and one side of it is lighter than another, that'll change it. Um, the biggest, uh, um, impact, well, there's two, two things. One, the tolerance on where we drill the hole is crazy tight. So if you miss it by a, you know, a fraction of a mill or nothing, um, it's a different putter. Um, secondly, the shafts, um, most shafts are not straight and round. Um, really? they are, you know, they're really, really close and certainly straight and round enough that they wouldn't impact anything else. Um, but with our stuff, you know, with everything being so precise, um, just the tiniest, tiniest little variances, um, in the shafts, particularly with a lot of the carbon fiber stuff is where we see a lot of variance. Um, uh, it'll, it'll just make for, you know, a totally different putter. Interesting. Well, it you know, I'm very curious, um, as far, okay. So the, the B2 has, uh, stainless steel and brass. And then the Mez and the Directed Force 2.1, they are uh, 6061 aluminum, right? Correct, yeah. And then, so, <clears throat> is there ever a day that you can make, like, a Mez or Directed Force with 303 stainless with, like, a, a fly milling pattern with, like, kind of like a Mizuno M-Craft or a Scotty or something like that? I, I like the milling of straight across, but have you guys messed around with any milling? A little bit here and there. Um, so, you know, the B2 makes it easier. Um, uh, we've done some custom B2 work, you know, with some deep milling and stuff like that. Um, they feel nice. They, you know, the, the deeper the mill you go, the, the softer you get off of stainless. Um, something the size of a Mez, like we could do a steel insert. Um, but if like that whole thing was made out of steel, you know, that's a, that's a 700 gram putter. Uh, you know, just way, way, way too heavy. Um, and then like a lot of companies like your Rossi, you know, if that was made out of stainless would also be way too heavy. Um, what they do there is that, you know, that's cast, um, cast steel. And so it's, um, like if you cut it open, it's kind of porous on the inside. Um, and we can't do that because, um, like I mentioned with the, you know, the weight differences, you know, just tiny little bubbles, bubbles here and there just make them too inconsistent. Um, and so, uh, we don't really have the opportunity there, but yeah, I mean, we can definitely, we definitely want to look into inserts. Um, I actually quite like putting with aluminum. I didn't used to, um, but there's definitely people out there that just, you know, positively need steel. Um, so, you know, we're working on some inserts. We're working on a, on a new blade too. We'll be retiring the, the B2 probably by the uh -huh. end of this year and, um, introducing something new. um, well, the, so you should get a B2 now and it'll be yeah, a yeah, yeah, I need to get one. My, my first putter ever about 25 years ago when I was managing Sport Chalet, which is no longer business, was a Seymour. And it's very much like the B2. I've always had this very simplistic modern design in my head, just like you guys, I'm assuming. And that's why I love your putter so much because it's such a minimalist approach and it doesn't need to be. I mean, minus a directed force. But, um, right. When I hit the B2, it has obviously a very harder feel to it. It's not as soft. You know, it feels more like a brick, you know. Um, and some people like that because that's how Seymour is. And so you get that market. But with the... I feel like the Seymours are a little softer. Yeah. They do, they do a really good job with those putters. I like Seymour a lot. They're a good company. They, the, but when I found out with a couple of my Mezes, so I had the 69.5 and then the 70 sometimes there's a different sound when I put it. It's like, if you miss it a little bit, it's a little clickier. Is your, like a ding? Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, send it back. We gotta. We can fix that. <laughs> really? Oh yeah. my god! Yeah, totally. <laughs> I just uh, the CEO of Laptop, and he's gonna hook me up. <laughs> that. Wait, what? What? Yeah, we're gonna just yeah. So, what is that? What? What? So that. Um, you know, we don't have the luxury of having a two-year product cycle. Um, you know, with a whole team full of R and D people figuring it out, and. You know, you like need a team with the way that people. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. We're super long on testers. We're here. Super <laughs> long on testers. Um, I need the I need the guys to get in there and figure it out. Um, so, yeah, when we first started making the Mez, like we like we have so many moving targets um, and so many variables in each putter, from length to lie to shaft to grip. Um, plus all of just the internal stuff and the inconsistencies between one machined head to another, um, uh, that it's just tough to make them all feel the same. Um, so we, uh, yeah, people, um, on this WRX forum, you know, were unbelievable putter, really shitty sound. Um, and then another guy would be like, oh, mine sounds like kind of thuddy and dead and awesome. And then the next, I mean, they were just kind of all over the place. Um, and the, the, the process of trying to figure that out was hilarious. I mean, we were like cramming all kinds of shit in the weight ports and friction fitting the shaft. And I mean, just everything you could possibly think of. And then I don't even know how Kevin, Kevin's our engineer. He's a, um, like one of those dudes that like knows more than a little bit about everything, everything, like everything. Um, quick sidebar is like an example. We were like talking about doing that nylon head cover that came with your mess, the, the ballistic nylon there. Yeah. And we were like trying to figure out the right material to use. And we're just like in the office, like talking about it. And he like, you know, knows the factory terms for the different types of nylon. Like, how the fuck do you know that? Anyway, um, <laughs> so Kevin was trying to sit there and figure out how to, um, actually, I don't even know that he was intentionally working on sound at the time. But long story short, we started putting some, a tiny dash, couple drops of silicone in between um, the hosel and the chassis. And they're perfect now. They all sound the same. Every single putter sounds exactly the same. No ting, no click, no nothing. So wow. yeah, the, the folks that ended up with the tingy ones um, have all been told they can send it back. It, it takes five minutes. Amazing. We're going to buy for you, Gene Morgan. We want to come visit tonight. I want to know. We should. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. What is Lamb Golf like? Where, what it, like, because in my mind, right, like, there's you with your crazy awesome hair and just, like, white room and a lab coat and there's just like lab coats everywhere no it's actually a bunch of tattooed anarchists uh, (laughs) oh we uh, love you (laughs) um it's pretty chill man the the factory is currently located um in a neighborhood in eugene oregon called whitaker um i also own a bar i was actually in the bar music business for 20 years before uh lab um and uh the shop is two blocks from my bar um it's a really really cool area a bunch of artists um uh 
it's super weird. I mean, um, it, it literally is the birthplace of modern anarchy. Um, and so you get a lot of counterculture hanging around there and it's pretty random, you know, just like have this like golf factory in the middle of, uh, middle of Whitaker selling $900 putters. Um, but, uh, it's a good spot. The neighborhood's been really good to us. Unfortunately, um, we grew out of that space probably in the first three or four months that we were, um, that we got to Eugene from Reno. Um, and so now, uh, we just got a lease, um, on this huge building, um, right next to the golf course, we all play. It's like literally on the ninth green, like oh, my cool. office over overlooks the ninth green. Um, and, uh, so that one we're really, 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 really excited about. That'll be so, we'll, we'll hopefully be operating out of there by the end of August. You guys should definitely come up. Um, we could hang out and build you a putter so you guys can see what it's all about, and then we'll go play some golf at Emerald Valley. And, um, and it's a great time of year too. August, yeah. September, October is awesome. Dying. Sam, I, I mean, you're just becoming cooler and cooler as an anarchist out there. How in the hell did you become a CEO of a putter company? I mean, it's our dream job. It is our dream job. Like we tried to run all the time. It is like, our dream. How I don't want to be Sam. Did you get to that point because we love it and we want you to continue to rock it? Yeah. It's pretty weird, man. I mean, I, um, and it's, and it's the fact that I had apps, not no relationship very, very, very little relationship with the golf world um, has served me, or I'm sorry, the golf profession um, has served me really, really well because it's a very, very different putter um, which, which requires very different manufacturing, very different marketing, different everything. Like everything about what we do just doesn't fit into um, golf industry status quo. And so, um, uh, do you guys know who Tom Waits is? Yeah. Yeah. Musician? Yeah. yeah so, um, uh, the analogy that I always use that I think is really cool. Um, so Tom used to make, uh, I think he did this on meal variations. Um, he would take like the best, uh, saxophone player in the world and make him play bass and then yeah. take the best bassist in the world and make him play drums. <laughs> and so you have people that have like incredible instincts, um, but then sort of forcing them into raw and scared and, um, you know, and uncomfortable and, and all of that. And it produces some really amazing, you know, beautiful and simple music. Um, a lot of what we do with lab is kind of the same where we just have a lot of people that are, you know, just outside of their comfort zone is what they do, but need to kind of apply their inner stuff, um, to make putters, which is what I've done personally too. Um, so yeah, I had been, um, in the, I, I was, I liked golf when I was a kid growing up. My dad taught me how to play. Um, I'd play with him, you know, on the weekends and stuff. Um, but I wasn't any good. I was like an 18, 20 handicap or something. I moved to Eugene. Um, and I moved, I had a dog and I moved right next to a dog friendly golf course. So I started playing all the time just to walk him around. And then, uh, and then I met this like super stoner golfer guy who was like, you know, somebody I could actually hang out with, which most golfers, you know, at the time definitely weren't people I wanted to hang out with. And, um, and he was like, good. So I started to get good. I was a scratch player about a year later. Um, and then just became completely obsessed because all of my work was at night. Um, I had, I golfed all day and would, you know, go run soundboards or work the door at different venues and stuff. And as a talent buyer, I had a talent agency, I had my own band. I mean, um, just did all kinds of stuff that left me all kinds of opportunity to play golf. So, 
I gotten pretty good and I was like a putter psychopath like you with all the, you know, the different ones in my base basement and every, you know, 12 minutes convincing myself that this next one is, this is the one. I figured it out. I've got there it. There are other people uh, like you out there. <laughs> oh my and, um, and then Bob Duncan, um, who was uh, Oregon PGA professional of the year last year, really, really good dude. Um, he was at Emerald Valley. Um, and he and I worked together a little bit and he showed me the directed force. I bought it, um, on the spot after this crazy seven hole experience that, you know, he basically like, like pulled the, I give you free lessons. So you're going to give this putter a try. Um, I'm like, all right. So yeah, I, I, I made, I hold the world over seven holes and went right in the pro shop, bought it. And then the head fell off <laughs> like two months later or something. <laughs> just like literally like and uh, so i i sent it back and uh bill the guy i mentioned at the beginning of the show bill Fressy, um he was he, he was a one-man show at the time um and he called me to you know personally apologize for you know the the trouble with the putter and um he and i just hit it off and got to talking and then um gosh it would have been like a month or two later, he was he was about ready to close the doors. They just didn't have they had nothing. I mean, they, uh, I don't know if you saw any of the old branding or the old stuff or just how the whole thing, the whole presentation of everything, it just wasn't good. Um, the tech, the tech was there. The shape of the directed force was there, um, but the colors were bad and the presentation was bad and the website. I mean, all of it was just a mess. And so um, I was in the right place at the right time. I partnered with. Um, uh, me, uh, my brother, my dad, a um, couple other guys um, bought out uh, Bill's existing partners um, and then partnered with him and rebranded his lab a couple of months later. And then here we are. And I was like such a fool too. Like I was, I, the, the, the experience with the putter was so profound for me that like, I was like, oh, no problem. I'll just walk out onto the PGA tour and two guys will have the exact same experience with me. And then, you know, Odyssey's going to call me up and pay me all kinds of money. And if you can believe it, it didn't quite work out that way. But um, I'm, uh, I'm not sad about it. I love what I do. I absolutely love it every day more. I mean, that's all we want to do. That it, you, it's, it's a dream job. You're the coolest guy we've ever met. You yeah. Know. Yeah. By yeah. Um, what is next for Lab Golf? And I that's why I hang around with golfers because in the golf world, I'm fucking cool. Yeah, right. You're my position your work. <laughs> no, you're generally awesome, objectively cool, objectively cool. Yeah. What is next for Lab Golf? And please tell me you're gonna make irons. You know, if the USGA would let us stick a shaft in the center of the club head, we could make some pretty. Pretty cool ass clubs, but alas, they will not um, allow us. Um, there has been some light talk of um, exploring uh, some different technologies in the scoring end of the bag, wedges and such. Yes. Um, but uh, uh, I've seen a lot of companies go wrong trying to um, be what they are not. And at the end of the day, um, what I know and what I have expertise on is putting. Um, and, uh, our putters, you know, if, if there was a, if there was a, a wedge or an iron or, you know, technology that came along, um, that was as disruptive as, um, as what we do, I consider it, I don't know if you guys saw an Instagram post I made. Um, there is a company out there. There's an iron company out there that like 
a couple of things were different about both of our worlds, I would have considered, you know, partnering up with them, but, uh, more golf. Yeah. Uh, yeah we saw it. Yeah. Dude, those irons are nuts. And my guess is five to 15 years from now, those irons are go down in history as the irons that changed everything. I mean, he has legitimate technology and it's different. Um, and so, yeah, if something like that was out there that, that, you know, wanted to come be under the lab umbrella, I'd be down. But for now, putters, putters, and more putters, man. Well, talking about, you mentioned that there's some other companies that do things that they shouldn't. Um, I've been, I don't want to bad enough any company, but I'm just going to tell you because it just happened this week. Um, I wanted to love Betnardi and I hate him. And Betnardi came out with wedges and I bought it this week and it re- I, get, I played one round and I'm returning it. I, I, I had, I had shanks all day long. Dude, I, he almost hit me twice on the putting green. I, <laughs> Sam, I was chipping on the putting green and I lost the ball on the putting green with a Betnardi HLX30 wedge. Mind you, the last Betnardi oh, no. you brought home, like, caused such an argument. I'm like, we don't ever usually really have arguments. It caused such an argument that I was like, I'm done. Like, we almost got divorced because of fucking Betnardi. So every time, like, he comes home three days ago and he's like, look what I got. And I'm like, ooh. And then I get closer and I see it's a Betnardi and I was like, fuck that club. And then he took it out and almost hit me with a couple <laughs> balls, lost the ball on the putting green, like tried half around with it. We're out with our buddies and he's, I, and I'm just like, what are you doing? Like put it in the trash, man. I, I, I went into my car after the front night and brought up my other wedge. I brought it back with wedge. But anyways, it's probably beautiful, but I, I, if you guys come out with something, I know you guys are going to do so much research. I know it's going to be awesome. Um, how about clothing or anything else? Like we want to, like, we love your company so much. Can you just lather us in lab stuff, please? Cause we will wear um, it we're, we're working on it. It's, you know, it's, it's, there's so many things like that. Like you guys are saying, you want to be CEOs, man. It's fucking hard. Like we, you know, especially cause we're small and we got, you know, uh, it, it, still in kind of everybody does everything mode. Um, and like with supply chain stuff and everything, like you wouldn't believe how hard it is just to like order shirts. Like we got these beautiful Travis Matthew shirts logoed. We waited nine months for them. Um, you know, and at the time we were doing a third of the business that we're doing now. So we ordered what we ordered and then sold out in, you know, a week and a half. And now we got to wait another five months for shirts. But yeah, we're working on it. I want to, um, yeah, we want to do it all. We want to do um, gear and hoodies and hats, and head covers and shirts and socks and all this stuff. Um, but it's just going to take a minute. But yeah, we'll keep keep checking the website. We'll we'll have more stuff out. Well, there. Do you guys have the hoodies? No, no. no. Oh, you got to get the hoodies. We got the, right. the. Although for LA, you probably don't need the thick one, but um, the thick one's cool because it's like water resistant. So up here well, in Eugene, should- it's the ideal one. You should see us. I mean, and then the, the, the t-shirt one is like, we have like a t-shirt hoodie that's just like thin, you know, kind of single ply. I've seen you wearing that one many times. Hoodies. Yeah. And then, yeah. I have you six of them. I wear them a lot. Yeah. Um, I have to ask you because it, I don't know if you've heard our podcast before. We are huge Roger Dunn um, customers. Uh, Roger Dunn is our spot out here in Southern California. Brian and, is Roger Dunn rich. Um, right. I have like $10,000 in credit because you can try things out and then you can return it, but they don't give you your money back. So I have like 10 grand in credit. Um, I want you desperately to get into Roger Dunn. How can I help? Dude, I have no idea. I email the dude. Um, his name Grant. I email him like clockwork every six to eight weeks. Um, to see if we can get in there and they're, they're 
such a fabulous company and I would love to work with them because they have so much variance in what they do store to to store to store. You know, it's Roger Dunn, Edwin Watts, it's both. It's a, it's a, they're they're together. And so, um, yeah, they have a, they have a ton of locations that all do different stuff and we could, you know, outfit their, their locations with, depending upon the type of shop it is, you know, we can, we can dial it in for each one, but I don't know. We're on it. We're on it. Yeah. We live there. there. Um, yeah, I mean, if if I would, I would probably just go like straight hostage situation, just like get in there and take the take the store hostage. Say, say you're gonna spend all of your ten thousand dollar credit on what would be the least profitable thing for them to to sell you with ten thousand dollars worth of credit? Tees, tees, golf tees. Yes, golf exactly. Tees. You're gonna go in there and drop ten grand on golf tees and then um, give them away. Um, it's it's. Well, you got really excited because you came home yes yesterday or the day before, and it was the first time you'd seen a mez. Somebody had returned, had somebody had somebody had traded it in, and it was on the floor at Roger Dunn. Oh, really? So, yeah, yeah. Which is sad, but I I saw one in the store, and I can imagine and envision it all over the store. So yeah, we're on it. So you should yeah go in and to send a secret chopper in there to buy it, and then <laughs> tell the manager to tell the buyer, dude, this mez just sold in two days. <laughs> Well, you know, uh, we had befriended everyone at Roger Dunn North Hollywood and we take them golfing once a week. um, Some of the managers. And so, no, they know us. Yeah. I mean, I think they know us so much that when we walk in there, they're like, Shit, I'm like this. I'm like, head down. I'm like, hey. they, they, they take they take turns. Like they have they have shifts. Like if you right. guys come in on a Wednesday, like Dave has to deal with you guys. You know, <laughs> um, <yeah. laughs> how, how um just overall how, how is biz? How is biz right now? Are we, are we doing good? I'm, I say we we're, and you. Yeah, no, we're doing exceptionally well. I think that um, most people in the golf business are. You know, obviously rounds and interest in the game and new new golfers is up uh, unprecedented levels um so yeah i mean we're uh you know we started eking into the black um you know you start a new company and obviously it's going to lose some money for a while um but we started uh eking into the black in kind of early mid 2020 and um have been there since so it's um it's working we're mostly uh bootstrapping this thing and so every dollar we make we put right back into the company um for growth and um you know it's um yeah it's going well but it's getting scarier you know now it's um i used to have like a a a a real-time feel for everything i knew what checks were out there um i knew you know who owed us money who didn't who we owed money to who didn't um, you know, where we were going to see, you know, spikes in sales and this and that. And now like, it's big, it's a big deal company. And, um, you know, we've consequently had to hire, um, some, some real businessy type folks up until very, very recently, there wasn't an MBA anywhere in our building. Um, you know, now we, we need some professional help with that stuff, but those are, you know, what the, what I guess they would call high class problems. Yeah. I mean, Anything we can drop here in Southern California, I mean, all we do is for sure. Well, what kind of what sure kind of attorney are you? Uh, I am a lab golf attorney. <laughs> <laughs> I do injury, injury, any injuries. You know, so if somebody beats uh, the shit out. I, of I don't need person. you. I don't need you anywhere near my factory. Talent. <laughs> 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 um, so we we had a kind of a conversation. This is exactly what we wanted. We've heard your podcast before, um, and you go systematically through the entire lab golf world and putters and sure. shots and lying golf at do you want to wrap it up in any way kind of explaining it 
as a whole, you know, from shafts to grips to putters to line to torque and all that, because we really didn't talk about it. We wanted to have just a conversation with you. You want to give something out um, to kind of explain to people what you're experiencing and why it's so awesome and arguably the best putter in the world. Um, I appreciate that you have to say arguably, but I don't. It's the best putter in the world, period. Um, I wish I do that in my Bob Parsons voice. It's the best putter in the world, <laughs> period. Um, <laughs> Uh, no, man. I mean, I, I think everybody's, um, people who have interest, um, it's a really easy YouTube search. You just go to YouTube and Google lab golf and there's a bazillion videos of either me or other people kind of going through the shtick on, on how it works. Um, um, yeah, we, we make not only the, the technology is undeniably just better, but we also, um, offer it to the world in a pretty killer way. I mean, we got, uh, as many custom options as anybody that I know of for, you know, not spending three grand on a, you know, super decked out custom Bettinardi or, <laughs> oh yeah, by the way, before I forget, if you're looking for a wedge, uh, um, phenomenal company called Edison. Oh, um, I've read about it. Mm -hmm. Phenomenal. Uh, right. that's what I'm using. That's what I'm using right now. They're fantastic. It's weird to see forgiveness in a wedge. It takes a few rounds to notice, but like you'll catch a few high off the face in the rough and you'll be like, ah, shit, that's going to plug in the bunker. And then like it gets there and you're happy. Um, and the universal grind on him is fantastic. His like market, they look weird. They look, like, they don't look like a $180 wedge, but they perform like a $500 wedge. What, so I'm very curious. What is your yeah. wedge setup? Well, like, what are your degrees? Cause I, I'm going through that this week right now. Yeah. So when I play my home course, um, I play, I only use three wedges, um, so that I can have an extra long club in the bag because the par fives in our course, you know, have some pretty specific asks. Um, and when I'm doing that, I'll do a 58, um, a 53 and then a 47. Beautiful. Um, okay. So 58. And then it, as my pitch, you know, 47 is my pitching wedge. Right. And so between those, those three, uh, I'll get it done. Then when I go elsewhere, I put my stock pitching wedge back in which i think is like 46 or 45 something like that which is way too strong but that's another conversation um and then 51 55 and 59 um and and that's the only reason i do the odd numbers because that's what edison does he he all, all the wedges that he makes are in odd numbers instead of evens i, I think, just love that and you know what i'm surprised why iron companies don't put the damn degrees on on the irons i know cleveland does but like i love seeing those it's important I had a set of scratch irons that, um, do you remember that? Did you, did you ever hear of a company called scratch golf? No, they were really, really, uh, they're, they're now uh, national custom. Okay. They make beautiful, beautiful. Like I think you wait like two years to spend $5,000 on a set. I mean, they're oh, like wow. ridiculously amazing, you know, hand ground blades and stuff like that. And they were trying to do some production stuff, probably oh seven to oh ten ish somewhere in there. They had Ryan Moore and, um, Anyway, they were doing irons like that. They were, um, and smartly, they were separating by five degrees so that you could put extra long clubs or extra wedges in the bag if you wanted. Um, and they had the degrees on the bottom, and I had those, and I was like, man, which one's the 30, 37? No, wait, that's my five. Is that my five? <laughs> I don't know. It took a lot of memorization. So the numbers do serve a purpose, it turns out. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I, I think, I think most people know the shtick about lab and if not, they can learn about it, um, through our website. Um, and yeah, other than that, man, I think, uh, this has been, it's been delightful to have delightful to have just a regular old conversation without needing to go too deep into nerd land. 
Dude, you made our, you made our world. You made right? our whole We've year. We've been so excited about this. And when you reached out to us, when I posted something, and then you reached out, and it was like, you should have seen it, Sam. It was like we were reducing 15-year-old <laughs> boys in our living room, just like, oh, my God. Like, it was... It was such a huge moment for us. So we thank you so much. We want to come. Oh, visit thank you. you. Like, I you guys really make me feel out. important. This is incredible. Uh, we want to come out. We want to come to our the, the lab and, and hang out and have some beers and play some ball. Come on out. Awesome. We will ch- if, if you like to, we will check in with you um, every, what, three or four days? <laughs> and do, no, just um, anytime you want to come back and talk whatever you, you want. You know what? Honestly, I, you, you, you haven't made it, at least in music, you haven't made it until you have a stalker. I assume it's the same in golf. So if you guys, if you guys want to be my first. Done. This really is like the week like of I've stalkers. The, the, the <laughs> stuff that's coming out today, we have a stalker. So like, we'll be your stalker. It's, you well, rate it. Sure. You rate it when you have a stalker. I will throw pennies at your window when you play. <laughs> and Sam, if nice. you come down to Southern California at all, please let us know. Please read up to I would, I would love that. Yeah. You guys are badass. This is fun. Keep up with the show. This is a really cool format for one. I like it. Awesome. Thank you so Thank much, you man. Thank you so much. Keep it up, and uh, we'll talk Ready. soon. Bye, right, guys. Bye, Sam. Bye-bye. Bye. Falls and Holes is produced and distributed by the 8-Side Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.